Good morning, it's Patricia Murphy. It's Monday, this is Seattle Now. Seattle City Council member Shama Samwant is going national. The council's most senior member and only socialist says instead of running for re-election, she'll launch a national movement to support workers. In a minute, the stranger's Rich Smith will break down the councilwoman's legacy and what it might mean for the city when she's gone. But first, let's get you caught up. People are bracing for another round of king tides today through Wednesday. The National Weather Service predicts they won't be as severe as the December king tides that flooded Seattle's South Park neighborhood. Still, Seattle Public Utilities has set up temporary flood barriers along the Duwamish in that neighborhood and is making sandbags available to people and businesses. A legal challenge to a capital gains tax passed by the state legislature will be heard before the state Supreme Court Thursday. The tax, which passed in 2021, is currently in place. It's collected when stocks and bonds are sold and the profit exceeds $250,000. At issue before the judges, whether the capital gains tax can be deemed an excise tax on capital gains rather than a tax on income or property. And it's three years late, thanks to a pandemic and construction delays, but the Seattle Convention Center is cutting the ribbon this Wednesday on its new edition. The construction's been going on since 2018 and takes up just under 600,000 square feet of space near downtown Seattle. When it was designed, the new space was pitched as a game changer that will double the center's capacity. Shama Samant's announcement was delivered via an op-ed rant in The Stranger, Seattle's alt-weekly. But don't blink, Sawant says she is far from out. While I'm sure the corporate establishment in Seattle will be very happy with the news that I am not running again, they should not rush to miss their martinis just yet. Because we are not done here. She's building a national campaign that will center better conditions for workers. Workers Strike Back will launch here in March. Working people have set a powerful example in this city. It is time to build on that nationally to widen and strengthen the class struggle. With Sawant out, that makes four open seats in the upcoming city council election. Her district spans tax brackets and neighborhoods, Capitol Hill, Central District, South Lake Union, and North Beacon Hill. Rich Smith is a politics reporter and editor with The Stranger. He's here to talk about how Sawant put the bullhorn to working class issues. Really glad you're here, Rich, thanks. Thanks for having me, always a pleasure. So in writing about Sawant's announcement, you called it the end of an era, and I'm curious if you were being melodramatic there. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it is. The city council as a legislative body doesn't really move at the speed of the crises that are coming at us. And um, Sawant came in with this real impatient energy and uh, ideas that are much bigger than city governments are used to handling. When I think about like a moment that really distills so want, I think of a, a moment I've written about uh, in, in the past that was in the summer of 2019. There was a bunch of ICE protesters that stormed into council chambers right as uh, council member Lisa Herbold was honoring the Seattle Channel for its uh, excellence in broadcasting. And the response from all of the council members on the dais like perfectly matched their politics. Councilmember Teresa Mosqueda, like 
clapped politely as the protesters came into the room and started demanding, uh, you know, justice for uh, immigrants and you know an end to, to ICE. And council president at the time, Bruce Harrell, tried to negotiate and get order, bring some order back into the room, you know. And uh, Salant immediately, without skipping a beat, stood up put her fist in the air and like joined the revolution. <laughs> that, that kind of movement style leadership um, that she displayed in that moment really is her signature. Sawant was really generous about following the agenda and the time schedule of, of working people and of protest movements. Yeah, let's talk about that just a little more because that is Sawant's legacy. And I wonder how you're thinking about what she leaves on the city council, especially stacked against the other members in city politics. Yeah, I mean, I think that her approach was effective in amplifying existing struggles, right? She was a volume booster. Uh, so when the fast food workers walked out of the McDonald's and SeaTac, she made the fight for $15 an hour the center of her campaign. And that helped raise the volume on that. And eventually they won it. Her beef with Amazon, let's say, in 2019, during the 2019 elections, really helped cement the idea that big corporations were trying to buy the city council. And I think that that helped push the needle a little bit toward um, the progressives who ultimately prevailed in that election. That style created a, a will in the city to get some big legislation done. But as a council member herself, she, she had victories. <laughs> she did have victories, but, you know, they were mostly in the realm of protecting tenants' rights and tenants don't always stick around, right? So those might not be as well known. She capped the size of move-in fees and allowed tenants to pay those fees in installments. She prohibited landlords from raising rent in buildings where there's a code violation, a sort of anti-slumlord legislation. And she did all of that while supporting up zones and stuff to make housing more plentiful. But I think that there's a kind of general conception that she did nothing or she did little as a legislator. But, you know, those are real wins. And that's a laundry list for sure. And she is a champion for renters' rights, something she says she'll get more work done on before her term ends in December. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Her vociferous support for rent control kind of prevented it from, you know, gaining uh, traction in, in Olympia. Maybe, you know, with Salant leaving, it'll be a test of whether or not that was just a convenient excuse for people, uh, for lawmakers in, in Olympia, or whether or not they actually feel like, like they have more room to support, flip the ban on rent control. She got a lot of pushback. I do want to ask you if you think she represented her district or the larger movement, ultimately. She was very clear that she only represented the working class people and poor people in her district. She openly said she did not represent the wealthy members of her district, anybody who wasn't part of the movement. Could she have gotten done more horse trading in the budget, let's say, to get more like money for specific things or specific nonprofits or businesses in her district? Yeah, but that I don't think that that was that wasn't really a priority for her. She and she did not get stuff in the budget for the district. Like, you know, I'm thinking of she 
double the amount for a jobs program in town. She got a rest stop up in the U district. I mean, she, she was getting stuff in, in, in the budget um, and she was fighting for and trying to pass stuff that would help renters, you know, and the majority of her district rents. So, you know, that, that's her doing stuff for her district in that kind of movement style. You know, with Sawant's departure, this obviously leaves room for a new candidate, possibly still progressive. Now, Joy Hollingsworth has already said she's running for the seat. How do you see this next potential slate of candidates? Yeah, we could really go one way or another. I, I, I you know, we have until May, <laughs> so uh, until the filing deadline closes. So we'll see who gets in the race. But what's on the line is the direction of the, the city council. The recent rhetoric coming out of the city is a return to like, you know, partnering with corporations, bringing everybody to the table, getting stuff done in the coalition building way that makes everybody happy and that doesn't rock the boat. I, I expect a kind of maybe more of a compromise between what the corporations want and what uh, maybe progressive urbanists want, right? Corporations like stuff like transit, they like dense housing because it gives a place for their workers to live close to the commercial real estate that they invested a lot in, and it helps them kind of bus in or, or train in from the burbs. And so I think you might be seeing people trying to exploit the needs of corporations in a progressive way. That would be a big change, Rich. What does it mean for the Seattle City Council to lose a voice like Sawant? I think you lose that volume button. Who's going to stand up with their fists in the air when the ICE protesters comes in now, right? I mean, <laughs> having her stand up there and talk about what's actually needed to solve the city's housing problems was exciting. You know, you miss that. But, you know, like Sawant says, she's not going anywhere. I mean, judging from Sawant's op-ed, which she published in The Stranger, most of which was just yelling at AOC and Pramila Jayapal, it seems like she might have her set set a little higher <laughs> toward national uh, critiques, you know. Which makes me wonder, is this a good time for her to leave and start this new national organization? Is there enough momentum there? I don't know. Yeah. Come I mean, on, Rich. I, <laughs> I'm thinking of a moment in 2014 when she got arrested for protesting Alaska Airlines because they were part of a lawsuit that that wanted to not have the $15 an hour minimum wage apply to to airport workers. And she got arrested <laughs> for standing in the middle of the street to sort of bring attention to that. As a councilwoman, do you think you should really be in handcuffs? Does that send a good message? You're breaking the law? This is about political leadership. All the best activists in the past and in the present have put their lives on the line to fight for the rights of workers. What do you think the mayor is going to have to say about this in the morning? You're going to have to ask him. I think that sort of stuff is where Sawant is is happier, right? Being on the council, though, though it gave a kind of official voice and official office, you know, and the resources there thereof to help those movements. I think maybe she might like returning to the streets and and not being hindered by um, the constraints of uh, of being an elected official in, in Seattle. She likes to be the grist in the mill. Well, already, Rich, well, I understand Sawant might have more to say about her path forward tomorrow, so we will stay tuned for that. Rich Smith, politics reporter and editor with The Stranger, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks, my pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Brandy Fullwood. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, Vaughn Jones, and Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.